0: Don't y'all love Megan and Neem? Give them a big shout. Hi, family. What's up, sister? You stole my message this morning, by the way. Spirit's moving. Spirit's moving. The Lord said to uh, do a proclamation uh, over the family this morning. So one of the kids in here while we did this, Okay. Now, this is going to take some courage. This is going to take your involvement in an act of faith, all right? We can believe something, but until we do something on that belief, the power is not released. You understand? Remember last week when Karen got up here and the other ladies got up here and they said, you have to do something, but you have to do something. All right. So we're going to release a blessing on families this morning. All right. Who would like to bless their family this morning? All right. I'm going to ask my whole family to stand up if you can. A whole family to stand up. Kids and everything. All right. Now I want you to all be still. I'd like you to. Close your eyes. And what Jesus told me was that the Spirit of God was literally going to walk around and through your family. Spirit of God, walk around. And through our family, walk around my children. Walk around my parents. Walk around my grandparents. Spirit of God, walk around my grandchildren. The children that are in this house, Father, walk around them. Inhabit our praises. Father, there is a lot of hurt, there is a lot of disappointment in the family unit. But we speak to those dead family relationships and we speak life into them. Spirit of God, blow on our families. And we speak life into the dead relationships that are our families. We speak life into the wombs. I got very specifically this morning that we are to speak life into into the wombs not only to the natural women's wombs I believe that there is a creative miracle happening with everybody that can hear my voice of a natural supernatural healing of the wombs of women but also the wombs of the spirit parent The body of Christ has not been producing sons and daughters. And we need to waken our spiritual womb to not only create spiritual children, but to raise them. And Father, walk around that spiritual family. Walk around us. Now, here's your courage. If you believe what I've just spoken out, I want you to do something to release that faith. Either come up here, raise your hand, come to the altar. Do something to release that. I believe that the body is hearing this. But you need to do something with courage saying, Lord, I believe you. I believe you. Now I'm going to do this, whatever it is. Come to the front, go to the, go to the aisle here, raise your hand, speak it out. I'm going to be quiet here for just a minute, and you guys, you release it. Now praise him. Now praise him. Come on, people. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him. God, I'm short on that end. According to your faith, people. Somebody said that. So, who was it? Somebody said that. They ought to put that in a book. According to your faith, I'm telling you, womb, babies are going to come from places that you didn't think were able anymore, from the dead places. Family members are going to be coming back to restoration. Those broken relationships. husbands yeah. 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 and wives will see miracles in the name of Jesus. They will see miracles and come back as a family unit. First, we were parents. Jesus raised disciples, and then we came together as a church. Amen? Praise God. Just praise Him. Kids, you are released. Have a seat if you can. Hallelujah. Kinnears, you have a testimony. Would you be bold enough to come, Randy and Karen? Looks like you have a child with you. Boy, that happened quick. <laughs> Man, I believe in super... <laughs> wow. From white, white parents comes a beautiful black child. Randy and Karen had a test this week, guys. And they're going to... Let's give them this uh, microphone over here. Y'all come up over here, if you don't mind, on stage... Y'all know the Canaries? They're awesome. So I'm going to hand it over to you and just tell us a testimony of what happened on Thursday morning.
1: Well, Thursday morning, uh, I get up as usual, and Randy was already at work, and I went out to make my coffee. And um, a lot of you know that our son, Matthew, lives with us. He's 20. And um, I thought he was at work. He's supposed to be to work at 7 and um, the front door was unlocked which is typical i know that's how i really usually know that he's gone because he leaves it unlocked and his bedroom door was closed which was the norm so i was making my coffee and in the middle of making my coffee something told me to go in his room um, and i went in there and he was on his bed flat on his back um, And my initial reaction was, I'm gonna kill you, Matthew, you're late for work again. And then I went over to try to wake him and I couldn't wake him up. And um, he wasn't breathing at all. So I went to pick up his cell phone to call 911 and it was dead. So I frantically went to find my cell phone and called 911. And while we were waiting for the ambulance, The dispatcher had me do, um, had me drag him onto the floor and do chest compressions on him and got him breathing again. And uh, the ambulance came, and he was still breathing, but he was not conscious. They couldn't get him to wake up, and so took him to the hospital. And um, he had overdosed on heroin, and, um it's just I there aren't really any words to say um you know Come
0: on. Thank you Lord. Thank you
1: Lord. it's it's surreal but God was just in the midst of it because I I knew to get people praying because I know that you know somebody said something to me once that if God has anything to do with your life, then He has everything to do with your life. And I believe that with my whole heart now. And I believe that, uh, that God saved Him that day because He has, you know, far greater things that He's doing. And I, I couldn't have said this even a month ago um, the level of faith that, that God has given me over this last little bit has just given me just, you know, when God is with you, you just know it. You can't even put it into words. And it's almost, I don't know.
0: (laughs) Come on, Karen. Good.
1: I just want everybody to know the reality of God and what he is doing, you know, in this place and in each one of us individually and in our families he is just releasing something so incredible into all of us that you you can't you can't even put it into words but it's god it's so god and i just it's just overflowing i just feel like whatever he's doing we're not even going to be able to contain it anymore we're not going to be able to contain it and not here but when we go out it's just It's just going to flow, and, you know, some people questioned me as to almost like this whole thing with Matt was like this big secret, but no, mm -mm, I don't want anything to be a secret of God's goodness and God's faithfulness, and, you know, I was thinking about it because, you know, we lost Randy's son almost two years ago, and... Had we lost Matt, God was still good. God will always be good, no matter what, no matter what we're walking through. But, you know, it's life. I just want to be real with people, and and this is something that happens far too often, you know. And I just want everybody to know that, you know, God is with you through everything, you know.
0: So is, is Matt at home now? Yeah, that's And how is he doing?
1: Yeah, so anyways, he was um he was on a breathing tube at the hospital. He was unconscious. They couldn't wake him at all. And um you know, that was really hard to see. I've never seen anything like that, and um it was just heart-wrenching. So, um they transferred him to another hospital, to the intensive care unit, and he was still unconscious. We didn't know if he was going to wake up at all, and if he did, if there was going to be any brain damage from lack of oxygen, we had no idea You know how long he had been without oxygen. So we were sitting at the Dallas hospital on the couch with the doctor, and he was telling us that Matt was critical. And he was not talking about when he woke up. He was saying if he wakes up. And um, it was about 15, 20 minutes later, Matt started waking up. (laughs) He started trying to open his eyes, just like that, trying to communicate with us that he was thirsty. He...
2: Yeah, you know, the enemy, the enemy really is after one thing, church. He's after our faith. And uh, what what amazed me throughout this, the last 72 hours or so, was just a new level of watching the body of Christ come together. And immediately people show up on the scene and just pick up our kids at the house. And I'm not going to name names, but you know who you are, because I'll forget somebody, and I hate doing that. So just awesome watching the body of Christ come to the scene and and just whether it's through prayer or picking up our children or then them going to everybody's house and feeding them. And we were able to deal with this without worrying about that one bit because we knew the body of Christ was coming together. And I'll be honest, it was very it was an odd thing. It reminded me of in the upper room when everybody was specifically... the, The Bible says they were all in one accord. And I felt like it went from bad to kind of worse pretty quick. And then all of a sudden, it was like the switch just flipped. And like Karen mentioned, the doctors were going from It was really a sober conversation. And they were talking about not when he wakes up, but if he wakes up. And then literally within like a 10-minute period, this other doctor came in. And I don't know. I didn't even get a chance to thank this doctor or talk to this. But this older doctor came in, a little wiser than the young guy. They all look young to me now. But the young lad that was working on my son. Then this old guy came in. And said, no, nah, nah, we're not going to have any of this. And he just started reducing the oxygen level. And he took Matt by the shoulders and said, Matthew, wake up. Wake up. Nothing of this nonsense. Wake up. And Matt woke up. And he says, let's get this breathing tube out of his throat. He had a breathing tube. Out. Let's get this thing out of here. Matthew, wake up. Wake up. And it was like Jesus saying, wake up. Wake up. Pick up your mat and go home. And it was amazing. And uh, he had these big mitts on, like these boxing gloves, and it was to protect him from waking up and pulling. I mean, he had tubes up, in, out, around. I mean, there was just tubes everywhere. So these boxing, these little mitts were to protect him from pulling it out. And when Matt woke up, he just went like this. And all these doctors and nurses, about six people around him, trying to guess what he's saying. I said, Matt, you thirsty? Mm. he's just wanted some water because he was so thirsty but praise God he can take a lot of things from us but he can't take our faith he can't take our faith amen so thank you
1: I just wanted to say something the enemy meant this for evil absolutely but God can take anything and bring good out of it and he has shown us that his faithfulness uh, it's just his mercy it's just so good, and so good, and I'm just so thankful to be a part of this body, and I'm just so glad to see the enemy get defeated like this. It's just a great feeling. Amen. Great
0: feeling. Amen. So there's one more thing. Matt now uh, has mm, no pneumonia is trying to get on Matt, okay? Who wants pneumonia on Matt? Anybody raise their hand? Who wants Matt healed? All right. So who wants to release? It's God's power, right? But he involves us by a release of faith. All right. So anyone who wants Matt healed completely of not only pneumonia, of, but of this thing he's fighting in his soul. I want, to rev- I want Matt to have a revelation of Jesus. Because that's what he needs. He needs a revelation of Jesus to heal the soul. Okay? So I'm going to have Claire release not only healing on his pneumonia, but release healing on his soul. All right? If you want to agree with us, do some kind of act of faith. Either stand up, raise your hand, pray it out, however you want to do it, but do something to release his faith.
3: Yes, we to his spirit and his soul and his body every part of Matt we release peace and wholeness forgiveness restoration on every part of his body the lungs to be completely clear and whole his heart spiritually, physically, emotionally all of it healed restored brought back to where you want him Lord Reveal yourself to him in every part of his being. We speak that now over him as his extended family, the body of Christ, as you have told us to do. Pray for the sick and heal them. And we speak to every part of him and speak healing to every part of his soul, spirit, and body today. Amen.
0: Praise God. Let's give a hand to the Kinnears. Thank you, guys. We love you. Wow. Isn't it good to be in God's house and be with the family? But I think it's better to know that I'm loved by... Hmm. That comes later. All right. I need this screen to wake up. Somebody hit a button back there. There you go. Oh, see if that works. <laughs> David, should I back out of this or? Pardon? <coughs> oh, it's a, it's fine. oh, okay. There it is. Multiplying and making. Okay. I want to tell you a story about a family out in Washington State. All right? This guy's Sorry. name was Red. His last name was Delicious. You can laugh now. Red Delicious, Washington State. And he met this cute little redhead, and they fell in love. And they started having a family, and they multiplied. (laughs) Sooner than later, they had a whole bushel full (laughs) of kids. Now, my question to you is, what is the apple's equivalent of DNA from the kids to the mom and dad? Would it be the same, right? It would be kind of the same, right? Because those kids were made in the image of Mr. Red. Delicious. They took the whole image. Everybody, please say "whole image." All right, the whole image. Now, Claire, what if we cut into one of their babies? It's terrible. <laughs> All right, we cut into it, and you took a nice bite, and it tasted like a lemon. What? Would
3: I would be very surprised.
0: Why? Right, Because a lemon would not be in the full image of Mr. Red. Right? Amen? You kind of get where I'm going here? Now, to make, have apples make apples, is it a hard thing or does it come naturally? It comes naturally, right? How about these guys here? We have different kinds. but do you see any lemons in there? You see any cantaloupes? You see any giraffes? What are they? They're all apples. I want to introduce somebody that was made in Claire and I's image. Jessica, would you stand up, please? And would you come up here, please? Yay. Ladies and gentlemen, Jessica Dunham. Now, look at the two of us. One's beautiful, and one has no hair. <laughs> are Is she made in my image? But she doesn't look exactly the same, right? Larry, where are you, brother? Stand up. My brother in Christ. Made in God's image, made in God's image, made in God's image, but different, All right, Larry is an awesome guy. If you haven't given a hug from him, get a hug from him. And Mama. Where's Mama? she at home today? She's teaching. She's teaching. Okay. Jessica was made in my image. It's not just the flesh and bone, but she has some of my personality. She has some of Claire's personality. She has my love for adventure, all right? She has things that aren't tangible that are out of my image, okay? Do you get it? It's not just she looks like a human being. She envelops more than what you can see. She is made in the full image of Claire and I, all right? Thank you, Jessica. Yeah. So, Claire. Back in uh, Genesis. Just after, the uh, what's it called? Uh, concordance. No, the table of contents. Right, <laughs> Genesis one twenty-seven. Can you read that for us, babe? Genesis one twenty-seven.
3: So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female. He created them.
0: I think it's so cool. This scripture came before Eve was even on the scene. What? Like God knew or something? <coughs> so God made us in his image. He commanded. It's our first command, all right, to go and multiply all right. Let's look at Genesis 1.28. Jessica, Claire.
3: And God blessed them. And God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it.
0: So, question. Have we fulfilled this command? And it's a trick question. Have we fulfilled this command of multiplying? Now, there's seven-something billion people. I think we're really good at making babies. But I think we're really bad at multiplying the image of God in our children. Do you see the difference? Making babies is easy. It's fun. It comes naturally, right? But the parenting, the putting the full image of God in our children is a process and it's hard now question Claire did Adam and Eve put the image of God in their two first boys
3: Well, evidence would suggest perhaps not
0: so they made baby but they did not multiply the image of God alright so if you follow your DNA back and if you believe Adam and Eve were the first who was the original DNA that we're supposed to be out off of the image of is it Adam and Eve or is it God the Father all right so we are to multiply not our own DNA not just make babies and have sex which we're really good at what we're not good at is multiplying the image The everything of God in our families. What do you think of that? It's pretty good. Let's take a look at some cats. All right. We got some cats here. This is Mr. Cat. Say hi, Mr. Cat. We have a lot of feral cats around our house. Guess what they do really good? They have babies. right all the bad spray and the howling at night and whatever else they've done a very good job um, across the street from our house there's some some cats you would not believe this but they actually multiplied and had giraffes remember that it was amazing no i don't remember you that you don't remember that no. it was that that all bad I dream i cats. had <laughs> all you see is cats and lots of cats why wasn't there a dog in the litter somebody right this cat didn't like the dog in his litter right because the cats make cats in their own image now of course all cats are exactly the same right no there's different flavors there're different sizes there's different furrinesses flavors like i've tasted a cat sorry There's skinny ones. There's couch potato cats enjoying this beer and watching the game. There's this thing. Uh, They call it a cat, but, man, I don't know what it is. But the bottom line is cats are actually doing what comes naturally, right? They're multiplying all Of their catness to their kittens, right? Their honoriness and their ability to hunt. It's not just looking like them. It's everything inside of them. Have you guys ever known cats that have a personality? Absolutely. Where do you think they got that from? Somewhere in their line. So multiplying, multiplying comes naturally, right? But in what image? What image did Adam and Eve multiply into their kids well see something got introduced into their dna what was it guys right sin so they may have produced a physical body that kind of looked the same but they multiplied sin into their kids and thank god jesus came along and changed that amen I already read that. So, Claire, if parents can have babies, but they decide not to have sons and daughters, and this child ends up not having parents, what is, what is that called?
3: Well, um, there are orphanages for those right. kiddos. Right. There are
0: orphanages. Can you tell us a story about your mom?
3: Um. My mom actually grew up in an orphanage here in Texas. Um, we don't know the whole story because she ended up there when she was uh, around six. But she's told me just a couple of things about her experiences there and you know didn't talk about it much. But one of the things that she talked about was when she got sick once, she went to the infirmary And they had a teddy bear there that she could borrow to snuggle with when she didn't feel well. She didn't have much of anything. Now, she had food, and she had shelter, and she grew up. um, But that was about it. She was alone. She didn't have real parents. There was somebody who ran the orphanage and fed them. And um, just this morning, God brought to my mind, how are children fed in an orphanage versus, you know, we talk about getting spiritually fed. I was like, all right, think about that for a minute. And in an orphanage, do you think the kids get to choose what they want to eat? No. Are you kidding? There's a bunch of them and there's a budget to be considered, might not be very much money, and you'll eat what's put in front of you and you'll be thankful that you have food and you're not on the street. Now, if you're in a family, do you get to make requests? Do your parents care if you like the food or not? Generally, yes. Now, they're gonna make eat eat your vegetables because it's good for you and they might not ask your opinion all the time But they will generally at least consider what you like or don't like on a regular basis. They're not going to make you eat things you hate every night. There's budgets to be considered, of course. But parents actually care about what they're putting into you and not just that you're getting fed. And so that was just kind of a a revelation of the difference between an orphanage and a family is when you're in a family – You can make requests. Your individual needs are met. The parents actually care about what you need and actually even what you like and what's good for you. And they may give you food that you don't always like, but it's because it's good for you. Yeah, you have to eat your vegetables because I want you to grow big and strong. But in an orphanage, there isn't that level of what would you like to eat today? What do you need to eat today? Yeah, you can have a treat over here. Things like that. It's just, I'm going to keep you alive, kid, because that's all I can do, because I've got 40 of you, or 20, or however many. It's all I've got. I've got food for you, but (laughs) there's no choosing here. There's no individualization. It's you get what everybody else gets.
0: So are we kind of distant on the orphanages? mean absolutely not
3: no children on the street they are taken care of they are fed right it's a good thing so we're
0: not making fun of orphanages here because i think it is a mercy act that was appropriate at the time we've moved to a foster system now all right we're not dissing on the orphanages but it is kind of a result of parents not doing their jobs parents not doing their jobs brought forth the need for an orphanage now Y'all help me out. Describe kind of an old-time orphanage for me. what What would it look like? Anybody? Big house, right? Big building. All right? Huh? Lot of beds, lot of seats. lot of individuals coming into a large building. How many people was it run by? Not very many one? One to three. All right. Now, do you think those adults that were running it really cared for the kids? Some of them did. Some of them maybe did it for the money. Maybe they were cruel. Maybe they were kind. But how can you spread yourself out so thin, one or two people with 20, 30, 40, 100 kids? Now, it was an act of mercy to get them off the street and feed them. But it, this is not the model of a family. This is not a model of the family. I'm so grateful that the orphanage was there to help save the child, but it's not the perfect model. Now, that was a grace at that time, all right? But things are changing. People say, things are changing. From living in a big house where a 100 people meet and are led by a couple of people, Things are changing, and we're going back to the grace of the family. We're going back to the grace of the parent transmitting the image, full image of God into their children. Amen? Matthew twenty-eight nineteen, babe. What does that say?
3: So go ye therefore and make disciples of all the nations teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I commanded you.
0: What does that word make really mean to you?
3: You'll have to do it. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> no. When you make something, you're creating them. It's a creative process. When you go and make disciples, you're not dragging people along. You're creating something.
0: It's a good word, people. The the love of God isn't going to, like, if you don't do this or else, it's, hey, let's create something. Let's not just a create a spiritual baby, but let's start making them into sons and daughters, maturing them to be what? More parents so that they can do the same and they can do the same. Amen? That's good. Spiritual parenting creates spiritual kids in the image of jesus that's discipleship guys all right we had a grace for a time of church everybody meeting in a in a building all right that was the grace that god had given us but i believe the future is holding a change a paradigm shift where yes we're still going to meet and worship jesus and everything But it's going to be a place where parents, spiritual parents, can create spiritual kids.
3: Um, The way I like to think of it is James and I live together with our two girls right now in our house, and we live together every day. And we talk to each other every day, and we do life with each other every day. Jessica, how's your day? Jordan, how's your day? How was school? And we're really involved in their lives. And then on Sunday, we come and see our extended family. The aunts, the uncles, the cousins. That's good. I mean, good times, right? Yeah. When you get together over the holidays and the family's there, play games together, whatever you do as a family. So you've got your core family, your nuclear family, the ones you see every day. And then there's the extended family. And you hear, oh, yeah, so-and-so's pregnant. Yay. And, but you're not seeing that person every day. You know, it's kind of that way where you've got your family, your people that you really depend on day to day, and you've got your extended family that you depend on when you have an emergency. and you call the aunt or the uncle, pick up the kids, we have an emergency. Right? That happened this weekend.
0: Amen. So let me ask you this. What if a couple, what if a parent's um, had 10,000 kids? There's a big family. Wow. Right? What if this family over here, they had a big family. It was 2,000. We have 2,000 kids in our family. Could those parents take care of those kids? No. Right. So about what size of a family, don't look at the Oresco's. What size roughly, right, three, two, three, four, right, in a, in a family? See, I think that's what we're graced for as spiritual parents. We're, we're graced to start creating, start making, start feeding into two or three people, right? But it's for the purpose of growing them up so that they can start feeding into two or three more people. You get it? Now, do we assemble together? Do we forsake the assembly of the saints? Absolutely not. This is not a replacement. But we need to get back to the core. Amen? Let me ask you this. What came first? The disciple or the church? Hmm. The disciple or the church? The family or the group? Right? Right? I would like us to really consider changing our par- paradigm of thinking, am I really reproducing the image of God that has been put in me into other spiritual children? Am I reproducing? Am I being fruitful like Mr. Red Delicious? All right? And guess what? How does it come naturally How does it come naturally to reproduce yourself? It comes through love. I love my daughter so much. Not only did we give birth to her, but we are instilling the image of God in her so that one day she'll meet Mr. Wright, and she will do the same that we did. Does that make sense? Now, apply that to a spiritual sense. You are going to have spiritual children, but the only way you're going to be able to reproduce or instill the image is because you love them, right? You love them, and you pour into them, and it will cost you something. Amen? Amen.
3: Um, <coughs> When James was talking about... Um, What makes you want to be a parent? God actually brought back a story that to me it's always been just a cute little story of our son Jonathan. And uh, if you've known us for a long time, you might have heard this before, but we were on our way to a homeschool co op. I was driving, the three kids in the back seat, and all of a sudden Jonathan pipes up and says, Mommy, I'm sad. My four year old little boy on the way to homeschool co op, what could he be sad about? So baby, why why are you sad? I'm sad cuz I can't be a daddy yet. It's like are you serious? <laughs> You're 4 years old. You're sad cuz you can't be a daddy yet? What? But here's the thing that God showed me this morning is that was in his nature at 4 years old. Now, how did he get that desire to be a daddy at four years old and I was asking God I was like where where does that come from God he's like it actually is natural when little kids play they they pretend right okay James you be the daddy I'll be the mommy here's our baby I mean how many little kids play house it's in them naturally to be parents it's actually in us naturally to be spiritual parents if you are born again. So why isn't everybody naturally having spiritual babies?
0: Well, okay, what, what, if, what if all of a sudden you found out that you're pregnant? It's a surprise, all right? Some more than others. What would be going through your mind?
3: What would you think, really?
0: What would you think?
3: Surprise, you're having a baby.
0: Make, okay, more, room. make more room. What did you guys go through? <laughs> Starting over. Okay. Excitement. Excitement. A little fear, maybe. A little, oh, my God, this happened.
3: Do I have enough money? Do I have enough resources?
0: Right. What other What other emotions? What went through your mind? What'd you say? You'd be nice, Antoine. <laughs> <laughs> Lord, <laughs> <Yeah, sometimes. laughs> now you're thinking of grandchildren, not yeah. <laughs>
3: children.
0: All right, but is there a little fear? A little trepidation? A little bit, maybe. Is there Excit- a
3: thought of, am I equipped to do this? Yeah. Yeah. Even I if you already have a child, you might think, am I equipped to d- have another one and take care of two or the third one, right? You look at your
0: husband like, you, you, you did this to me. That's what she said when we were having, uh, having jo- uh, Jessica. She looked over at me in the middle of labor. You did this to me. <laughs> yes, I did, honey. Yeah yes i did
3: so the idea is maybe you're ready to be a parent maybe you're not quite ready to be a parent something else that god showed me with the whole jonathan story he was four and he wanted to be a daddy he had it in him he thought he was ready at four was he ready no he wasn't ready so there is some preparation involved in being a parent naturally or physically Okay, when the, when the pregnancy test comes back positive, do you hang out on the couch and, yep, nine months. I got nine months. Yep, pregnant. Or do you maybe do something about it? Do you start making some preparations? Do you go look for a crib? You buy some baby clothes, diapers, lots of diapers. You start actually preparing for that child, right? What if something happened and it was an emergency? A family member suddenly can't take care of a child for some reason, and they need you to do it, like today. Could you do it? If you're an adult in this house, could you do it if you had to do it? Yes. Yes. Are you prepared? Maybe not quite, but do you have some things in you? Have you seen other people with babies? Do you know they need to be fed? Do you know they need a diaper change? Could you go out to the store today and get some formula and diapers and take care of that baby and keep it alive?
0: So how do we equate this with raising spiritual kids?
3: So, Or maybe, discipling? Yeah, it's discipling now is what we're talking about is maybe you feel like you're not prepared, but God has put somebody in front of you and said, I need you to take care of this kid they're not taking care of themselves they're not ready yet has God done that to you has he put somebody in front of you and said take care of this kid and you're like wait a minute I didn't buy any diapers hold on is that your reaction or is it okay Lord I don't know what I'm going to do I got to go to the store today right now you got to get some resources you got to pull things together But if you're expecting a child or have one thrust on you, what do you do besides buying things? What do you do to get ready for that child and how to raise it? Do you know everything? No.
0: So here's what's happening, people we're called to make disciples, we're called to multiply. The image of God, not only to our own fam, on uh, to our natural family, but to our spiritual kids. Mark, stand. this is my spiritual son. This is Mark. We are pouring into him the image of God. It takes time. It takes money. Sometimes we're tired, and we don't want to, but we do it anyway. Because we are making a man of God here. Now, guess what we're also doing? We are instilling in him to multiply as well, right? Now, are you doing that with someone else? Who's that? Please stand up. What's your name? Darren. So this is my spiritual grandchild. Nice to meet you. Darren, did I know you were coming today? No. No. Who, who invited you? Mark. All right. So he is multiplying what I gave Mark, which others have multiplied into me. Do you see the genealogy? Now, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands, but can you point to your spiritual father not Ray. He is a pastor. He, they're leaders. We honor them. We submit to them. John, Carol, right? Kathy, Dave, Kim. But they can't all be. That can't be. Uh, Ray can't be everybody's spiritual dad. It, I'm sorry. It just doesn't work that way. Who is speaking into your life? And then here's a the question who are you multiplying into three big people multiplied into my life all right there's a lady in youth with a mission her name is Darlene she mothered me spiritually then a fellow that just uh, went to be with the lord his name is Don Edwards he f- he just poured the image of god into us and made us sons and daughters. We spent a whole year on just love and it changed our lives. David has been fathering me and multiplying into me. All right. And then I am multiplying into Mark, and he's multiplying into Darren. David, please stand up. Granddad, Dad, son, grandson. See how it works? This is family. And Ray, great-granddad, into David. Now, am I saying I'm not honoring Ray? No, not at all. He is our leader. He has done a fantastic job. David has fed into me. Ray has fed into me. All of John has fed into me. But it is now my job to multiply, right, and have spiritual children. All right? Thanks, guys. Y'all can sit down and give him a hand. Multiplying sons and daughters and making disciples go hand in hand, all right? And on Wednesday nights at 7 o'clock, Claire and I are going to start a series on making and multiplying. It's parenting principles, but it's going to be for your physical children, but it's also going to be for your spiritual children. It's going to be easy because they're the same thing. All right. The things you feed into your natural children are the things you feed into your spiritual children. I would like you to consider inviting other people that don't come to this church. They don't have to attend here. All right. Starting at seven, we'll have you out at eight. I know it's a school night and a work night, but consider coming and being with us on uh, at seven. Do you have anything else? All right. Now there is a big announcement that uh, Ray wants to make. Uh, we're going to. Um, we're going to hand it over here in just a minute. But I'd, I'd like you guys to just uh, uh, bow your heads, close your eyes. And we're just going to seal this message. Father, thank you for the revelation that you are a good, good, good dad. And you put a lot of your image into us already. And we don't want to multiply sin. We want to multiply you. We're good at having babies. But now we need to multiply The image of God into our spiritual children as well as our natural children. We thank you for this opportunity and we reject fear and we reject laziness and we take on our responsibility to multiply what has been given into us. We thank you, Lord. We thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.